the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Evan Fonseca here recording the pod Sega for Monday, January 28th. And boy, am I happy that I opened this podcast, episode one, with a disclaimer that it's a mostly daily podcast. I think it's been two weeks, and this is episode five. I was trying to do every weekday an episode, and I've done about half of that. But, like I said, mostly daily podcast, so no one's at fault here. Isn't that great? It's a zero-fault situation I've created for myself. We're all winners here at edevanfonsega.com. But welcome everybody to Evan Podsega, the official Podsega of EvanFonsega.com. Um, you know, it's like uh, Artie from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. He claimed he was the strongest man in the world, and guess what? I don't I don't think there was any evidence to prove or refute that claim. So, there you go. You just walk in the room, say you're the best at some random weird thing, and you're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody who's ever going to try to call you out on it. That's just Confidence 101. I think I'm that mystery guy now. Remember that guy with the stupid hats? He used to be on VH1. He taught guys how to pick up women. And then we learned years later that that wasn't, like, cool. That was sexual harassment. Thanks, television, for teaching us all good lessons early on. Speaking of which, it's not a segue. I I like that you can say speaking of which in literally any scenario. And people will just assume it's a natural segue. This is not a natural segue, as evidenced by me explaining that it's not a natural segue. But then, though, I guess turns it into a natural segue because it's under the whole guise of it not being a natural segue. So you're not expecting anything clear-cut and clean. You're expecting something, you know, kind of like a non-sequitur. And here we are. At the point of today's podcast, um, I want to talk about mascots that... The Jets, uh, Jamal Adams should have tackled uh, down at the Pro Bowl. So maybe you've been living under a rock. Maybe you don't watch sports. Or maybe the team that you root for is actually in the championship game this coming Sunday. And you don't have to watch the NFL Pro Bowl. But Jamal Adams, player for the New York Jets, was signing autographs at Camping Life Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Which, that's a real name of a real stadium. And no, they don't host an NFL team during the regular season. So, the NFL Pro Bowl is not even played in an NFL stadium. Yeesh. But Jamal Adams is signing autographs. He plays for the Jets. And he turns around and you see him go, Oh, wait a minute, I gotta go do something. Or something like that. And he runs off and Pat Patriot, the the beloved mascot of the New England Patriots is like standing on the sidelines of the football field and back to Jamal. It's not like he saw him coming. It didn't look scripted. And Jamal Adams tackles him. So this person, Pat Patriot, goes parallel to the ground. Like, which, if you're ever parallel to the ground, fucking bad news. Like, good God. Parallel to the ground. Like, you, you're supposed to be perpendicular, I believe, is when something's horizontal and you're vertical. You're supposed to be that way. At all times. But here comes Pat Jamal Adams hits. My friend Pat Patriot. Bada bing. Bada boom. Everybody's on the ground. There's fans cheering. There's other players in the AFC cheering. And um, come on. A blind you're gonna blindside a person in a in a in a mascot costume? Like the the perifs on that thing are already 
the worst. I wouldn't be amazed if you've seen the Pat Patriot uniform. I wouldn't be amazed if the eyeball slots on that thing are just like the nostril. That's it. Or like the gap in the teeth. That's it. You got no peripheral vision in there. So even if someone was able to be like, hey, Pat, Jamal Adams is coming. There's no way he would have ever known. Everyone goes nuts. All the players think it's cool. It's not cool. It's actually pathetic if you think about it. Because think about like, you know, when an older sibling would beat you up. And then in return, you'd like either, you know, you'd, I don't know, beat up your younger sibling or your younger cousin. And then, or if you're Stephen Avery, you throw a cat in a fire or some wacky shit like that. And you go after the, 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 the weaker, more vulnerable prey because you're not strong yourself and you just got your ass kicked. That's what all these AFC players, all the American football conference players, they got their asses beat by the New England Patriots. And now while the Patriots are warming up to play a Super Bowl game, they're down at media day in Atlanta. You got all these, 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 these butthurt players hanging out in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> they're hanging out in Orlando playing a game that doesn't matter. Like enjoy your pro bowl game, I guess like enjoy your pro bowl championship trophy. What does that even mean? Uh, this game doesn't matter. Like games, like listen, and I love watching sports. I love watching. Uh, I like watching basketball and football. are my two favorite sports to watch. I love watching them, but even I understand, like, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, back in the day, watching Rayon and Paul Pierce, like, drain threes. It's fun. It's great. I'm glad my team is winning, but it doesn't mean anything. If they win, I don't go home and have, like, a bar of, you know, gold bullion sitting on my front stoop. I don't I don't get, I don't don't gain anything. It's just fun. You know, so I understand that a trophy and, a, and winning a professional sports game doesn't really mean anything. But if that's true, then winning the Pro Bowl trophy has got to be the most meaningless thing on the face of the earth it's it, it's like the pro it's like the pro sports pro football you know championship version of monopoly money like at least when you win a world series you get like a bonus you win the pro bowl you may as well be given like an envelope stuffed with monopoly money but but you're told that it works and you go to like a 7-eleven and try to ball out and they're just like no this is monopoly money we can't sell you this many four locos. Give us boardwalk in Park Place and maybe we'll think about it. In that scenario where Monopoly money is accepted, but you also have to have like some sort of real estate deal, I'd like to think that the, the cashier at the 7-Eleven is the, is the little doggy in the car. And then when you when you try to leave without paying, he drives after you and throws the thimble at you. Or I like to think maybe the thimble, the thimble always did pretty well for itself. The thimble maybe owns the store and then the doggy is in the car and he's the manager. And then the boot, um, you know, the, <laughs> the boot is smoking cigarettes out by the dumpster and like, they're like, Hey boot man, like the condiment thing with all like the ketchup and the mustard and the onions is messed up. And the boots like, dang man, I should have stayed in school, but I went to jail too many times. There's no such thing as a get-out-of-jail-free card in real life, man. This boot character's a real burnout. He's really bumming me out. So enjoy the Pro Bowl, Jamal Adams. You took out Pat Patriot. And yeah, I guess I'm biased because I am a Patriots fan. And I will say that. I am a Patriots fan. Okay, can I name every player on the Patriots who isn't like one of the household guys? Like yeah, Brady, Gronk, Edelman? Can I name the, a bunch of the other guys? No, I can't. And that's fine because I don't remember being a fan of something requiring me to like know the full depth chart of, of the organization. Am I coaching? 
Like, do I need to, am I, am I the new offensive coordinator? Do I need to know all the players? No, I don't. I just need to know that the guys in the blue jersey are the ones that I want to win. I like the movie Armageddon. I don't know every person who worked in the sound department, but I still like that movie. I think everybody as a whole did a good job and they won. Right? I love Doritos Locos Tacos. Tacos Locos, Loco Toco. I don't know what it's called. I like the Dorito taco at Taco Bell, but I can't tell you the name of the janitor who invented it. And that's not a slight. That's not some sort of like holier than thou, like, you know, I'm swipe at janitors. It's not. If I'm remembering correctly, the story of the Doritos Logo Taco is that a, a janitor at Taco Bell or at like Yum Brands Incorporated, which is the parent company of Taco Bell. Look at that. You learn something. Open up a book every once in a while, people. It's not just me. Knowledge is free. Wikipedia.org. But it was a janitor who worked at one of these companies. And he straight up was like, hey, why don't we just put the tacos like in a shell that's seasoned with Dorito seasoning? And they were like, holy shit. Give... And I think they did give him a raise. And, but I think he's still a janitor. But they're like, we're going to give you like the, the raise of a development guy, a taco development guy. But you, you do want to keep just cleaning floors? And he was like, yeah, I'll just keep cleaning floors. You keep, yeah, you keep, you keep making them, then I'll keep cleaning up after them. Okay, we got a good thing going here. I like what I like. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. I'm not going to get into Popeye. That would be, Popeye is so fucking crazy. He's a sailor, but I think he's like constantly on shore leave. So like, what is his, what is his, you know, his net pay? What's his take home pay, you know, after a year? Because he's constantly on shore leave. I, I. You know how long it took me to understand that Popeye was a fucking sailor man? I, it, to me, he was sailor man in, in name only. Like, you know, if you meet someone, their name is like, oh, hi, I'm Greg Smith. And you're like, oh, wow, Smith. Your last name is Smith. That means somewhere in history, there was like a blacksmith in your family. And that's how, you know, your name became Smith. What With Popeye, he was like sailor man in name only. It's as if his name was Popeye Sailorman. And like a long time ago, one of his ancestors was a sailor man. But every time I saw Popeye, he was on land, which is, you know, usually where you find the opposite of a sailor man. Usually I I associate my sailor men with the ocean or a lake or some sort of uh, canal, some sort of shipping canal. And Popeye was rarely on a ship. He had a ship, though. What was it called? The the river rat or the river minnow or the minnow rat? That's going to drive me crazy. If you know anything about me, you know I am going to be up. All night trying to think of what the name of Popeye's boat was. It wasn't the olive oil, was it? Like, I know that was his girlfriend. I don't think he named it after his girlfriend. The SS olive oil. He was always coming to blows over that lady. She was He was a real ride or die for olive oil. And he was always beating up dudes who were way bigger than him. But he loved her that much that he was like, I'm probably going to get the shit kicked out of me by this dude Bluto. But I love her, man. I love her so much. There you go. I'm going to eat this gnarly-ass canned spinach. That was the other thing. I under, I understand a nice bowl of, of fresh spinach. Throw a little olive oil, vinegar, maybe a couple like you know onions and tomatoes. That's good. I understand fresh spinach. I don't understand Popeye with this creamed, gooey, you know, canned spinach. And it made him stronger? He had like, I don't know. 
Popeye the Sailor Man. That's another one of those cartoons where it's just like, even even in, I mean, especially when I was a kid, but I feel like even in the 60s and 50s, people looked at Popeye and they went, what is this, ain't, what, what are these caveman drawings? It's like Betty Boop, Popeye, Blondie, you know, Dagwood Bumstead. Just these ancient comics, these ancient comic strips that it's, it, they still run. Nobody, I don't get them. Popeye the Sailor Man. Go if you take anything away from today's pod Sega, it's think about how many times you saw Popeye on land versus how many times you saw him on a boat, and then you tell me if he really is a sailor man or if he's just a sailor man by name only. Think about it, and don't even get me started on Wimpy. Dude was always looking for a handout. He was always looking for a free cheeseburger. He was obsessed with cheeseburgers, and he would go up to people and be like, hey, I will gladly pay you tomorrow, or I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. And you'd be like, bitch, it's Thursday. Also, it's 1915. How much are how much are hamburgers in 1915? And, and how broke is Wimpy that he can't call three friends, get a nickel each, and 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 and, and go get some and go get a burger. 1915, what did I say? It was 15 I bet you it was less than 15 cents for a burger in 1915. It had to be, it had to be a penny, right? A farthing? Is that a currency thing? It cost me one hay penny. I got a whole bag of cheeseburgers for one hay penny. I catered my daughter's wedding day with a hay penny. We have gotten so far off track. I wanted to talk about Jamal Adams tackling the New England Patriots mascot. Um, <laughs> and I'm talking about Popeye. But I don't like seeing my mascot. That's my guy. What I was getting at is I am a fan. I am what I am. That's what that's what got me into Popeye. I am what I am. I am what I am. I'm a Patriots fan. I don't like seeing Pat Patriot get tackled. I don't care if he's getting tackled in like a bit that he like choreographed with like the cheerleaders or another mascot. I don't want to see Pat get hurt. That's my mascot. Okay, so I came up with four other mascots of various uh, 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 various genres that I I would have rather seen just get absolutely shit rocked by Jamal Adams. Number one, Mac Tonight, because believe it or not, Mac, so Mac Tonight was a McDonald's mascot. He wore like a suit or a tuxedo. I don't recall exactly. Like he had like a body like a man, but then his head was a half moon, like a like, you know half moon. He wore sunglasses, and there because there was a time when McDonald's like after six p.m. McDonald's were just ghost towns, because I don't think they were open late. They were probably open until ten or eleven. Because uh, who cares? <laughs> I was gonna get into why did they only stay open till eleven? Who gives a shit, dude? Just know that. McDonald's sales were slumping in the 80s and 90s after like 6 p.m. Nobody's going to McDonald's for dinner because, you know, I guess, theoretically, everybody back in the 80s and 90s had a better goddamn head on their shoulders. And they're like, yeah, I went in for an Egg McMuffin at breakfast and I got a Big Mac at lunch. But now it's supper time. I'm going to cook and feed my family because it's the Reagan era and I have good Christian values. And then the year 2000 rolled around and George W. Bush was the president and we were all like, there's no rules. We don't need Mac tonight telling us to eat at McDagnels because I got to go there because it's either stuff a bunch of McRibs and Big Macs in my face or go home and eat spaghetti bolognese with my terrible family. I'll take the Big Mac and I'll take the heart attack on loan later in life. But there was a time when everybody went home for dinner. 
And that's when McDonald's was like, what do we got to do? Here's what we're going to do. Some genius was like, we're going to take the song Mac the Knife. We're going to change it to Mac Tonight because we're McDonald's. And we're going to have a dude dressed as a moon sing a parody of Mac the Knife. And here's what was diabolical about it, and which is in such true McDonald's fashion, if you think about like the founder and how Michael Keaton stole McDonald's away from Nick Offerman. It's like, it probably was a lot of money to get the Bobby Darren version of Mac the Knife, right? To, to kind of, to get the rights to that, to then use the style and swagger of that, but with the parody lyrics. So what they did, they must have just licensed... Because it's, it's a song from a musical called The Three Penny Opera, which I swear is probably as old as Dirt. Probably as old as Popeye. And they must have been like, oh, we're doing a cover of this. It might even be in public domain. So they were like, we're going to do a cover of Mac the Knife, the public domain version. And everybody was like, yeah, sure, go for it. It's public domain. Or it's from Three Penny Opera and the rights are really cheap. One of those two things. So they're like, that's what we're doing. So on paper, it's all legitimate. On paper, you're like, yeah, they're not messing around. This ain't Bobby Darren. This is the old old thing. But then they got Homeboy Dressed as a Moon singing. He's like, hey, Jack, we eat a Big Mac tonight. He came in there, and he was totally Bobby Darren. And I think Bobby Darren's family sued. They're like, come on. On top of them screwing over Bobby Darren... Uh, Mac Tonight has been um, adopted by the alt-right movement as, like, their guy. If you go on, like, YouTube or whatever, there's, like, videos where someone has dubbed over Mac Tonight with just, like, this horrible, like, the, the most bigoted rap you could ever... I haven't listened to it. It's because I, I, I don't... I can't... I want to give that view, page views. Just take my word for it. No one go listen to it. No one give these idiots page views. Or, or channel views or whatever. But the alt-right has adopted Mac tonight as their leader. So for, for twofold, screwed over Bobby Darren, ipso facto, uh, the de facto leader of the alt-right movement, cancel Mac tonight. Jamal Adams, please tackle him. Uh, next is Smokey the Bear. I believe he's the mascot for the U.S. Parks, uh, U.S. National Parks in like recreation services, uh, I think. Listen. Here's the deal with Smokey the Bear and why Jamal Adams needs to tackle him. I'm getting it from all angles here. I get it from my family. I get it from my friends. I get it from my the editor over at Blog Seca, um, which is just me. I get it from my manager, um, again, which is just me. And I'm also getting it. I'm getting it from my agent, who's uh, Joe Langevin. I'm getting it from everybody, every direction. And now on top of all that, I get the news that only I can prevent forest fires. I've got the awesome responsibility of being the guy in America whose job it is to thwart forest fires. I'm over here. I'm I'm trying to blog Sega. I'm trying to pod Sega. I got this book. It's the, the complete visual history of Die Hard. It's thicker than the Bible, but this time it's all about John McClane. I've got shit to do. Amigos, I've got to find footage of Popeye on a boat and compare it to the footage of him not on a boat. I have got priorities. And now on top of all that, they are telling me only I can prevent forest fires. Fuck you, Smokey the Bear. That is too much for one man. All right. I'm and I am just a man. All right. And and now and now this it's not fair. And if this is and this is because of the government shutdown, then I'm gonna be really upset. The government shuts down for 30 days. All of a sudden, this job is thrown onto my broad, masculine shoulders. 
It's just garbage. I'm the only thing standing in between uh, a peaceful woodland glen and a fiery inferno. It's not fair. And if so, I'm currently doing a terrible job because the entire state of California is just constantly on fire. Just a perpetual uh, ablaze. Perpetually ablaze. So, Jamal Adams, make a cameo. During what, during the next forest fire, Jamal Adams, make a cameo and tackle Smokey the Bear and admonish him for putting so much pressure on me. I'm, I'm, just, trying to, I'm just trying to live. Next up, after he's done tackling Smokey the Bear, I want him to tackle the Microsoft Office mascot, Clippy the Paperclip. Ooh. All I want to do is write a letter and not have, like, <laughs> is it so much to ask to open a new Word document and not have this little animated paperclip being like, oh, hey, looks like you're writing a letter. What tipped you off, man? Was it dear sir or madam when I started writing it? Or was it the fact that I control saved it as Evan Fonseca underscore formal letter dot doc? Real, real super sleuth over here. Clippy the goddamn paperclip. I'm so angry. I just like, I heard, I had an out of body experience just now and heard myself say goddamn paperclip. And I'm like, why? Why are you so mad about this paperclip? I, okay, you know what? But I am mad. All right. I don't like. Uh, paper clips, guessing what I'm doing, all right? Mind your business, Clippy, okay? If I needed you, I'd call on you. If I had uh, uh, um, index cards with recipes on them for dip various uh, layered dips, I would call you, and I would clip the recipes for my layered dips together. If I locked an old doorknob on the other side, I would call on you, and I would unbend you, violently and shove you into the little hole in the doorknob to unlock the bathroom door that's when i need you clippy i don't need you now i know how to write a formal letter i have a degree from a four-year institution okay thanks sorry i thought i wasn't going to be mad about clippy the paperclip turns out i'm really mad i don't care if i'm writing my grocery list or a formal letter or the freaking magna carta i don't care if i'm transcribing the magna carta side note about the magna carta i had a friend in middle school and he did some research into his genealogy and we found out that he had like an ancestor a crazy ancient old ancestor who signed the magna carta now i want to look up right now what the mag because i don't think the magna carta was good i think the magna i almost wrote magna carter and then my head immediately went that would be a dope name for a Lil wayne album the magna carta Commonly known as, oh, it's called the Magna Carta Libertarium, or Liber, Liberatum. Commonly called Magna Carta is a charter of rights agreed to by King John of England at Runnymede. Near, I, I swear it was like, it promised protection of church rights, protection for the barons from illegal imprisonment, access to swift justice, and limitations on feudal payments to the crown. To be So, I don't know, because half of that sounds bad. Half of that sounds like protection for barons from illegal imprisonment. Which makes you feel like, all right, so we're just going to let the rich get richer and not go to jail for it. But then it says limitations on feudal payments to the crown. Which makes me think like the feudal serfs, like the like the poor people didn't have to, they didn't have to pay the king so much. So I don't know. Anyways, it's ancient. It was signed in 1215. 1215. 
I hear people tell me stories about their grandparents. But like, yeah, my grandfather was born in 1922, and he just celebrated his millionth birthday yesterday. And I go, 1922? That was so long ago. But 1215? That's insane. Wikipedia here is telling me that the Magna Carta was a peace treaty. So, there you go. I think, I think, I think the feudal serfs were probably like, look, we'll keep you dudes out of jail if it means... They were paying less money. And, and they were like, look, anything to keep us out of jail. Because we are soft barons with creamy white thighs. And we do not want to go to prison. Anyways, why was I talking about the magnet? Yeah, some guy signed it. A bunch of people signed it. Who cares? Clippy. Magna Carta. This is, my, this is an ABC document. So why don't you see your way off my monitor? <laughs> Microsoft might have hated him. Like, this is how you know dude deserves to get tackled. In 2001, Microsoft not only, like, got rid of him on their software, Microsoft had a commercial where, like, they shat on him. They are like, yeah, Clippy sucks. We know. New Windows doesn't have him. Buy our junk. And all of us were like, thank God Clippy's gone. Do you think the Patriots would ever release an, uh, uh, a commercial before the Super Bowl where they're like, by the way, Pat Patriot, total cuck. Dude sucks. Welcome to the show. Go Pats. Like, no. So the fact that Microsoft was like, yeah, we know. He's kind of an asshole. Clippy also had, like, Clippy would do this thing. If you look at, like, a quick picture of Clippy, he just looks like a, you know, your every, your modern average, everyday, uh, uh, smiling, anthropomorphic paperclip. You know, you see him all the time. But he's, I remember this so vividly in my head. He would do this thing where, like, his eyes would half close. And, like, just because he's a paperclip, what was his mouth? He looked so fucking smug. He looked so coy that when he would ask you, like, looks like you're writing a letter. Do you need help? It came off less helpful and more like, there's no way you figure this out, you fucking dummy. You just confuse your, your, and your. Fuck you. Like, he had this attitude. And it came across as, hi, I'm, I'm Clippy. Let me help. But it had just this undertone, this subtext of, like, Oh, you look pretty stupid, so let me walk you through this one. All right, fellas? So, Clippy, please. Jamal Adams, come through. Tackle Clippy. Dude's a, dude deserves it. That's the thing. That's the whole thing about this list. These dudes deserve to be tackled. Pat Patriot is a patriot and an American, and he pays his taxes. All these dudes are crooks and schemers and con and leaders of the alt-right movement. I a cookie crook. Do we remember Cookie Crook? We. Sounded like I'm not alone in my apartment recording this. Hey, everybody. Do you remember Cookie Crook? <sighs> wow. Yeah, Cookie Crook. The crowd is crazy in here. I'm recording this live from uh, Atlanta uh, because uh, Super Bowl. No, I'm not. No shit, Evan. I love how I made a terrible joke about being in Atlanta, and I had to be like, I'm not in Atlanta. As if anybody listening was like, no shit, Podsega got that media day press pass. Good for him. Hope he gets to interview Roger Goodell. I, I did interview Roger Goodell once. Turns out it was just Luke Wilson playing Roger Goodell in a movie. I was very disappointed. Mostly in myself for not seeing the differences. Here we go. Cookie Crook. Do we remember Cookie Crook? Cookie Crisp. Real quick, sidetrack, because that's all I do is sidetrack, uh, is my, I would say, my favorite, like, sugary, bad-for-you breakfast cereal of all time. I think it's because every time my family and I went to Disney World, uh, we would go to a grocery store and get groceries and food and snacks and stuff for the week. 
And since it was like a vacation, got you get to have a little treat. Get a little ice cream in the freezer and get a little cookie crisp. That was the cereal I wanted. And I remember eating it out of the Fiesta Ware bowls with skim milk at Disney's Old Key West Resort. And you could tell me tomorrow, cookie crisp, be like, oh, yeah, you know, the chocolate chips and the cookie crisp are made from human poop. I'd be like, look, I still got to eat that shit, man. That's got that's pure nostalgia value. I get sense memory of like eating breakfast with my grandma in Orlando, Florida, home of the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm Pro Bowl in Orlando as well. I'm pro having a bowl of cookie crisp set in front of me before I go meet Mickey Mouse at the Magic Kingdom. Is that Pro Bowl enough for you, Orlando? But the thing about Cookie Crook is, and I thought it back then, I still think, I think it now, it's more prevalent now than ever. we got to stop glorifying criminals, right? Like, there's that new movie, Zac Efron is playing, like, he's playing a beautiful, uh, handsome, irresistibly charming Ted Bundy. And and we got, what, what, the Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, the guy, he's the star of every dream your aunt has ever had. He's in a new movie all about like Charles Manson and when does it stop? Like Rolling Stone put the guy who blew up Boston on the cover of their thing. Like you got to knock it off. We got to stop glorifying criminals and, and giving them a, a, a venue and I don't know, and stop making them celebrities. And that goes, it goes with Cookie Crook too. Dude was constantly stealing cereal from Cookie Cop. And I'm not going to get started on Cookie Cop. He's a worse goddamn cop than Al Powell in Die Hard 1 who, who crashes his car the, the minute there's, a, there's gunfire. Uh, Cookie Cop couldn't keep, I mean, he, he couldn't keep Cookie Crisp safe if, if, if he had an entire Cookie SWAT team. So Cookie Cop, I, personally, I think he he reaps everything he sows, or he sows everything he reaps. I don't know. He he yields he yields no results, and uh, he deserves it because he's 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 more bumbling than Inspector Clouseau. Which now I'm thinking about it, I would like to see a Pink Panther Popeye crossover, the Pink Popeye, the Popeye Panther, the Pop Pink Panther. There's something in there. We'll get it. If you know what my Popeye Pink Panther crossover could be, write to me on Twitter and Instagram. And also, you're a million years old and survived the Depression. I would love to see Jamal Adams just tackle the shit out of Cookie Cop and Cookie Crook. No, I take back. Cookie Cop is trying. Is he a bumbling idiot? Sure. But has he broken the law? No. Um, so he doesn't deserve a tackle. Cookie Crook definitely deserves a tackle. And even General Mills, like, realized a little too little too late. They used him for, like, 16 years. Like, eh, like, eh, somewhere like 12, 16 years before, before General Mills was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's replace him with just, like, a cute dog. And they did. They got rid of him in, like, 2000, 2001. They replaced him with a cute dog. Cookie, Cookie, no, his name was Chip the Cookie Dog. Or Chip the Dog, even. The problem is with Chip... And I think this is Cookie Crook's worst offense is that Chip the dog used to be Cookie Crook's dog. And that's so sad. Because just like how the Grinch had Max the dog and he forced him into servitude, Cookie Crook did that with his poor little Chip the dog. And I don't think Chip the dog deserved a little puppy forced into a life of crime and servitude. That's Cookie Crook's biggest crime. He didn't ask for that. He's a piece of shit. So as far as I'm concerned, Cookie Cop, uh, you go home, you retire, collect that Cookie Cop pension, 
and 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 uh, you leave Cookie Crook alone, and I will get I will take Cookie Crook to MetLife Stadium, the Meadowlands. We'll put him on the ten yard line, and we'll just have Jamal Adams take care of him. Are there other mascots that deserve to be tackled? Of course, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Kool Aid Man because of all the property damage. I'm thinking Trix Rabbit. Because he, like, you need to tackle him and then keep him down. And then we need to call Bellevue or something because he needs to be committed. Nobody likes cereal that much. How, the the fruit-headed Gushers kids, mostly because they're monsters. You've, turn, you've taken the children and turned them into monsters. It's horrifying. Kill them all. Don't even just tackle them, please. Kill them. The general... Mostly because the general, uh, he hangs out with that penguin, and I'm pretty sure he's sleeping with the penguin's wife. General's not a good dude. Just because you hang out with Shaq doesn't mean you're a good guy. The Mucinex guy, just because he's disgusting. I can't think of any other prescription drug, or even just any drug, <clears throat> that their mascot is is just like the gross thing that their medicine is supposed to be curing you of or fixing you from. It's insane. Like, Pepto-Bismol and Tums don't have, like, a puddle of diarrhea being like, Oh, no, he got Tums. Where am I going to go now? Though I'd be, in, I'd be inspired to see what the sales numbers would be if tomorrow, like, Imodium's mascot was just, yeah, it was just a pile or a, a puddle of runny diarrhea. That would have, that's actually ballsy. I bet you that would actually increase sales for a limited time. And then people would be like, oh, they're actually are keeping their mascot as the pile of the puddle of runny diarrhea. That's bold. The silver ejaculate from the Capri Suns commercials. Bold. That's a bold move. If we're talking bold moves that somebody over at the Capri Sun marketing office was like, we need like a new thing. All right. What are you thinking? I don't know. How about like borderline human shaped puddles of silver jizz that soar through the air whenever someone pops open a pacific cooler and how that meeting didn't end with pack your fucking things you fired you silver mercury ejaculate motherfucker and 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 it didn't end that way this person looked at him and went oh my god pack your things you silver Mercury ejaculate motherfucker. Pack your things, put them in a box, and move to that corner office. You just got a billion dollar raise. Hey, everybody, pop a Pacific cooler and start milking that silver jizz. We got a mascot. The point is this. As every pod Sega has now started to end with me saying, the point is this. Is that Pat Patriot did not deserve what happened to him. Um, but Jamal Adams got what he deserved. Uh, he he got a, another Pro Bowl trophy. Congratulations on your Pro Bowl trophy and your Super Bowl record of zero and zero, uh, because you can't even be considered a Super Bowl uh, loser because you haven't even gotten to the big show itself. So congrats, uh, zero Super Bowls, but maybe a couple bowls, a super a superb bowls of cookie crisp while you watch the game from home or from a golf course in Orlando, Florida. Either way, listen, everybody, that's the pod sake for today. We went a little long. You almost got like a twofer. I'm looking at the at the chart. We went, all right, my bad. And guess what? I'm not going to cut it down. I'm going to leave that whole Popeye thing in here. Now I have to 
Because I'm doing my outro and I mentioned something that happened earlier in the show. It'd be really weird if I just mentioned Popeye here at the end and didn't have the Popeye thing earlier in the show. How many times can I say Popeye in one sentence? Don't worry about it. If you like the show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, and if you like the show, you can find me on the internet at the Evan Fonseca, Instagram and Twitter. Also, EvanFonseca.com. We got podcasts. We got blogs. We've got upcoming show dates we don't but maybe they'll be there soon Ooh, i don't know that was a spooky ghost that just came in here the ghost of my comedy career past saying evan used to do live comedy but now he sits at home and talks about popeye oh oh my god such a scary ghoul all right everybody that's the pod sake for this week have a great night a great tomorrow you know what just do do Let's not put the pressure on for tomorrow. Have a, have a great next hour and a half. Bye-bye.